0: Dear Alyssa, I feel like I should do one of those morning shows. Good morning, Alyssa, and welcome to Sarah's Space. It's a morning show?
1: I need a cup of coffee. <laughs> <then>.
0: <laughs> no more coffee for you. <laughs> if you're just tuning in, Alyssa has been ingesting too much coffee for my liking, so I am being authoritarian figure and
1: refusing to let
0: her drink any further.
1: Yeah. I complied. by will. It's a good thing. That's a good thing. I don't want that poor body to be going into... Shaky bits. I do have to say, at least, you know, sort of we prop ourselves up with structures that give us comfort that go no, for us. And yeah. You know how we do that? Yes. At, I don't um,
0: ever, up. but you you must succumb to such weaknesses. Yes, I understand that.
1: I don't think the microphone would pick up my eye roll. I <laughs> <laughs> how dare you eye roll your elder? It was a respectful eye roll. I will between friends. Uh, um, this is going in an interesting direction. But it, but at least, you know, I'm aware of those things. When yes. they're happening, I yes. go, okay, I yes. know I don't want to be doing this, but yes. I'm, I'm doing this and I know, you know. So at least I have a conversation with myself as
0: it's happening. I I 100% understand and, in all truthful honesty, do it all the time. Yeah. If I'm in a place where I think I'm going to have two coffees today or well, it's been a while, but I want to have licorice, and I don't care if I don't need licorice. I don't care if it doesn't make me tick. Somewhere deep inside, it's making me tick today, so it yeah. will be ingested. That goes for wine too.
1: You can use it for a lot of things, actually. You know, I think some people maybe have some much more severe lists yes. than licorice. Yeah. I have a maximum of two
0: pockets, <laughs> but but we must honor everyone's lists equally, <laughs> it's right? I realize that did sound a little absurd i'm so sorry i do not mean to belittle or downplay anyone else's need for lists of all varieties however um that just happens to be my list
1: that's a great that's great that's a great list i'm not belittling your list either thank whatsoever. you please let my list stand
0: okay yeah well it's good to be with you <laughs> on that note coffee or no coffee um I was thinking of something and I was wondering what the word means to you. Cause I know it means it's a big word in so many places. And I think, I think the thing that I hear it affiliated with the most seems to be, um, organized deity places. Hmm. What does gratitude mean to you?
1: Hmm. Okay. So this is interesting. Well, this, I had a, Thought, I'm gonna take a long time to answer this question. No problem. Um, you know, so a thought pop, popped up in our last podcast, yeah. our last conversation, which was we were talking about um, not having much, but yeah. what you do have, yeah. like what you can have, yeah. and you know, my yeah. father being full of anecdotes. Yeah, um, that's all he has is stories. Yeah, um, that are supposed to make you into a better person, right. Or, or uh, at least be able to laugh at life for right, it. Um, right said to yourself and there's one story that he used to tell a long time ago he doesn't hasn't told it in a while but my grandpa was on a plane with um you know I don't know some business type or something yes and immediately the business type they start to chat they're chatting about their kids their family what yes. they do for work etc cetera, etc cetera. and the business type is um you know talking about how he's trying to set his kids up set his kids up with right. a you know a fund a yes. car a yeah. house yep. uh, whatever yep. right yep. which is fantastic that's great I would love if my parents were out there, if you have a fun, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to be ready. set up. Um, <laughs> but And so my grandpa, you know, and he said, well, what are you setting your kids up with? What do you have? Right. And um, my grandpa responded with a lovely list that I won't remember, but um, uh, graciousness, right. Uh, you know, honesty, love, family, joy. This was sort of his yeah. list that yeah. he responded with. Um, uh, so, I don't know. Graciousness is a big word that I grew yeah. up with, how to be gracious. Yeah. And it's not exactly the same as gratitude. No. They're definitely not used. Interchangeably, same. no. No, graciousness no. is not really, there's, uh, you know, yeah, it's not really a word that is commonly used. I think a it's lot of that. It's become old-fashioned, actually, to mm-hmm. be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a whole discussion to itself, yeah. Mm-hmm. How to be gracious. Um, yeah, I gratitude 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 is kind of a tricky one actually is it it is okay uh wait what was your original question well i just what does the word mean to you what when you
0: hear the word because you know how people inevitably have words that have greater import or lesser import in their in their psyches and some of them have huge import because of Buttons being pushed that no one on the outside could possibly know. And, I I mean, gratitude means something to everybody, and I'm just wondering what it means to you.
1: Well, I think I can understand what the sort of uh, social coherence of that word is um, and think about, reflect on how that place, what my own personal relationship to that is. Um, I'm saying, um, so much in these...
0: Are you really wanting to insert, like...
1: Are you no, just holding back? No, 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 <gasps> <gasps> Oh, oh The chagrin no, on her face. Excuse me. Um, um. Um, no, I'm not wanting to. I actually really, maybe if I'm in my um, my safe space, not going to care what I say, I might say like quite a bit. Right. But in general, I really actually don't say much. No, like I know you don't. Much. In fact, I just wanted to say listeners
0: pointed that out
1: (gasps) yes no way yes and in fact
0: you one of one of my guests a number of podcasts ago sarah formosa Uh said i am so nervous to talk with you on air because of like Uh and not wanting to say it and she said and Alyssa doesn't
1: say it (laughs) so i thought you'd be pleased with that yes i'm extremely deeply
0: pleased with that good i will
1: pat myself i but yeah i say lots of horrible things that i shouldn't say but like it's not one of them <laughs> <laughs> well you know
0: what what um is oftentimes particularly when so fatigued mm-hmm. it's it's a i personally think of it as a time to keep the engine running yeah it's like idling right yeah, so, you, so you, a you, yeah to you're time. just yeah. um and then putting yourself back on that train of thought and sometimes just bringing yourself back to
1: focus because you're tired that's true so My the brain, mind wanders yeah, yeah that's true that's true your dirt bike, (laughs) out comes the throttle hand. Okay. Where were we? Gratitude. Gratitude. Yeah. I, okay. So yeah, this is a hard one for me because I think, you know, I didn't grow up with a lot Mm -hmm. in the general perspective of things, but I grew up with a lot. Yes. I was never really
0: for want.
1: Yes. Although I was at the, bottom of my social economic right you know living situation um (laughs) (laughs) so i mean we're sitting in my apartment yes we've never filmed here before i don't think you've been inside i've actually never been here no there's not a lot of stuff in my apartment nope Um, there used there's been more stuff, less stuff at various times. There used to be no couch there. Right. Um, what am I bragging at or something? Um, but.
0: (laughs) No, I have a couch.
1: But I think over the last few, you know, okay. So I really love to go thrift shopping. Yeah. More than anything. It's just fun for me. Okay. It feels fun.
0: Do you mean thrift stores or do you mean something in
1: Designs such as mm-hmm. Value Village, where you're trying to look for clothes, mm, or both, maybe both. Okay. I, I just love, I love the hunt. I love to go digging. I love yeah. to see things that aren't don't exist anywhere else. Right. They're strange. and yeah. cost three dollars. Yeah, it makes me very happy. Right, and so I've done a lot of that over right. the past few years. Right, um, and just within the last, maybe this is a people will understand because Marie Kondo and all this stuff started happening so people will think that it's attributed to that um and perhaps to some extent but I recently just got rid of bags and bags and bags and bags and bags and bags bags of clothes yeah realizing that um that's something very fun that I like to do yeah that it just makes me happy yeah um but that I was accumulating a lot of stuff yeah and uh, it was one of those things that I was sort of propping myself up with, like yeah. the yeah. third cup of coffee I've just had. Yeah. It was yeah. something that made me feel good. Yeah. and yeah. Um, But at this point in time, I'm really in a place where I just want to, I want to know everything I have and I want to be able to t- take care of it. Right. Um, and I don't want to be careless mm-hmm. or... Um, I'm gracious to mm-hmm. the things that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even, I don't think I was ever, I, maybe because I um, didn't grow up with a lot, I have always been understanding just the fact that I have a roof over my head mm-hmm. is... Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what that roof looks like. No. I am so grateful for yeah. it. Um, yeah, but I think to a certain so I've always had been able to have that perspective but at some point in time you know yeah just accumulating a lot of stuff to the point where maybe you can't be grateful for it because you're not even aware that, that it exists. That it yeah. exists.
0: Yeah, shoved in the closet somewhere. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, there's so many avenues here. Well, there are and I think things that that I think about regarding gratitude are so entrenched in my background because my mom has always been, and I can say this without hesitation, the most grateful person I've ever known in my life. Mm. I have never gone a day in her presence without hearing her utter thank you to an incredible extent, to the point where I think there's many a time where people doubt its sincerity, Mm. but it, comes from the sincerest, most the uh, sincerest, the most sincere and organic and truthful place in her. And she has just got this gift for taking all of the darkness that she has experienced in her life and all of the pain and uh, many, many things that she has gone through physically that have just been horrific and turning it into, but I'm here now and I have my two children or I have this house and we live, you know, on three acres or um, I'm able to make dinner from my garden or I'm able to take a ballet class or, you know, just an endless amount of gratitude. So to be honest, as a teenager, which is probably one of your least grateful time periods, quite organically on the planet, when you are a teen, you do get a distinct sense of what's missing for you or what's yet to come Mm -hmm. as opposed to dwelling in what you already have. It's just a natural, it's a natural growth period and natural evolving and maturation. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's an unusual person that would pass through that time period without experiencing that. I definitely felt as though I needed to doubt her. And just, well, you know, why is, I remember one time, Muttering under my breath. I I can't remember. I don't recall if it was even audible, but my dad hurt me. Now, this is interesting and and very interesting as far as the imprint it left on me because my mom has always been the one very vocal and open and expressive about her gratitude. My dad, far less so. He has always celebrated the moment in the life and he's always been 100% present when he's there. But there, I never got the sense uh, he was always very also able to express things that he felt unhappy about, or things that he felt were lacking in the universe, or lacking in society, or lacking in the world, or lacking in our particular environment, or even lacking within our house. And depending on the mood, perhaps it would be a bit of you know that sort of recriminatory uh, guilt. You know, I'm not providing this particular thing for my family. But that day he overheard me and he said, hey, don't you be rude. And that wasn't the type of family dynamic we had that my dad needed to correct my behavior around my mom or my mom corrected my behavior around my dad. It was just, we, we all had very, uh, natural sort of relationships with one another. And so I, I just, that particular thing didn't come up as a, as a dynamic in the family, but he said that. And I remember being taken aback cause it hadn't come up. And I, I said, what do you mean? He said, your mother is a very grateful person. And that is a beautiful thing. Never forget that. And I never forgot it. And I remember not, he didn't say anything more about it and he didn't elucidate it any further. And I I didn't come away with any greater understanding, but it stuck with me. And as the years of my teens went by and my own experiences came and went, and some of them were horrific and most of them were good. And of course, the way our, our memory is is that we quite often will remember the horrific much better than the good, but I can I can recall both quite fondly at this moment, even the horrific, because it's all shaping. And I remember coming out of my teens, literally turning 20. And I actually remember one of the first things I thought privately to myself, I did not say it allowed, was I'm grateful. And I thought, this is what that state is. Not as in the moments where someone hands you something, you say thank you, or thank you for the dinner, or thank you for the visit, or thank you for inviting me into your home. Those, those are all samples of gratitude, yes, in my personal estimation, but they are they're those ephemeral, fleeting, site-specific moments. And I felt that what I was sensing was this global wash that just ran through me from head to toe of genuine gratitude, for everything that was, and everything that was in the, you know, in my life. And I think that it has stuck with me so that from that moment on, I have also thought of it in relation to, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm great. Like you said, I'm grateful for a roof over my head. I'm grateful that I can provide for my family in whatever respect I can. I'm grateful that I have a voice. I'm grateful that I use my voice. And the other day I was thinking to myself, I'm incredibly grateful for the reciprocity and the inherent uh, exchange of humanity that is in my work. Because I was reflecting upon what someone said to me, one of my peers at one point, who is in a situation of great affluence and that self-earned and and accrued through other means, through marriage and such. And, And they were they were pontificating in a slightly patronizing manner about, you know, how it's not that hard to make money. You just need to set your mind to it and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And without revealing too much, because that's not the point, that this person's uh, way of accruing wealth is by manufacturing something that's not good for the environment, that's not good for people. It's, it's not good for anything other than making money. And it's being sold to companies that also are manufacturing a product that are, that's not designed to be good for something. And I remember thinking afterwards that I, it, I, I rested uneasy with that whole conversation. And a part of me had to have an inner conversation say, is it because you are embarrassed or are you feeling as though, well, you're an intelligent person and you certainly have the ability to make as much money as you want. There's so many avenues available for you? Why are you not following them? And I thought to myself, well, in this particular uh, context, in this particular specificity of what the conversation was, all I could think about was the way I earn my living and the way I have chosen to set my, my, my learning capacity, my giving capacity, my sharing capacity, my training capacity in is about humanity which is essentially not about earning money. It's not about the residuals. It's not about the, the financial kickback. It's about gratitude that you are in this position where when you walk away from work, you've you've said goodbye to humans. And one hopes that as you said goodbye to the humans and they say goodbye to you, you are each walking away with a piece of each other with you. So, you know, people will say, Often, you'll hear them say, "Well, I had this great teacher once and, and I'll never forget them and they helped me so much. But the flip side of that is, is that I never forget my students. And I, they're, I, I won't use the word they're helping me so much. They're filling me. It's, it's food. It's food for the soul. And for that, I have endless gratitude. And I think coming off of, of a week of teaching the workshop at the beginning of the summer that I've just experienced, that's, that's my, my takeaway my main takeaway is just gratitude for what I do gratitude for my abilities to do what I do gratitude for my ability to continue to perpetuate this, this safe space for these seven days every summer in which it's quote unquote my thing so that there aren't the same political influences and such that would be if I'm under the umbrella or the auspices of somebody else's studio, which I am during the year. And it's also not with the shall we say I don't want to use the word burden but I will the burden of actually having to own my own studio in order to create my own space so gratitude is an enormous word in my life because it has so much of a connection to my mom it has a connection to my dad because of that little tweak he gave my conscience that never went away it has a connection to never feeling like I had any reason to lack gratitude ever and never having it. i never felt coerced. I never felt it shoved down my throat because it just wasn't, I just wasn't raised in that way. And I wasn't raised under any sort of organized umbrella that made me say, you should be grateful for, or things like that. And I'm sorry, I'm quiet and I'm reflecting right now because I am going through a period right now with my daughter in which, I'm noticing, or perhaps I'm just being hypersensitive to the fact that I don't always see as much gratitude from her as I would like to see. And I think what it is, is that I don't see gratitude about the simplest things. I see gratitude about the more complex or the most uh, most obvious or the most societally dictated, this is what you should be grateful for, such as A, a gift, or B, um, someone spending time with you or that sort of thing. Or I, when I say someone spending time with you, I mean a visit, you know, someone has, as a uh, arrange something and I'm wanting her to see the beauty and seeing gratitude and the fact that look the rain's just stopped. can you smell the air and look at the dew on the plants and you know how it reflects and it creates this mirror image and sometimes if there's a little creature close by it's actually almost like a magnifying glass and and I realized that a lot of that is modeling and just kind of going through life with with that attitude because that's what my mom did for me unconsciously and inadvertently she certainly never tried to make me aware that wow Sarah you should be just like me and grateful for everything Uh, ever ever that was never a lesson and I feel like sometimes I probably have coerced my daughter to feel gratitude that she just simply didn't have the space for at that moment in her psyche and now I'm hearing it come out in these little ways that just uh, they, they fill me with such warmth and, and they are things like this. Mama, look at the dew. Look what it's doing to the plant. Look at the color in the sky. And I just like, yes. <laughs> I always wanted, I wanted her to experience that because it, I think it's a beautiful way to exist. I think it's a, I think it helps with those dark moments. I think it helps with those dark days because on the flip side of every dark day, is a day that you're there to even think about the dark day. So there's the moment of gratitude. But I'm here to think about this dark day and to reflect upon it. And I, I think that for such an a mercurially mooded child, that's a very, very clumsy phrase, but she experiences her emotions in such an incredibly large and passionate way. I really want her to have that tool at her disposal because it's it helps her. It helps her to be able to look at something... That's relatively simple and, and it experienced that feeling of I'm I'm just grateful this exists right now and that I can see that. And and the other day she said something to me that actually touched my heart and she just said, Mom, I'm always so grateful to you that you helped me calm down when I'm angry. And I thought, thank you. Because I didn't ever say that to my mom, and she certainly deserved that. And now, of course, I say everything I possibly can and have for the now, you know, say the last 30 years, but I didn't have I didn't have that particular exchange with her when I was Kira's age, just simply because we're different people, different times, different, different scenarios, and probably I I don't think I experienced my moods quite in the fashion that my daughter does. They're, they were a little bit a little bit less. i um, I'm trying to think of a word. Mercurial I've already used, so I'm gonna say. A little less of a roller coaster. Yeah, they were a little, a little less. <laughs> well, exactly. You give me a look askance because she certainly is not far flung off the tree there, the old apple branch. But even mom and I were talking about that and she said, you know, I do recognize Kira's moodiness. I now remember that you have, have a, displayed that a lot as a child and a teenager. She said, I feel like she's doing it a little earlier than you did. I, I was sunnier for a little longer than she is. Uh, so it's not like it's, oh my goodness, where did this come from? This quality is so unusual. But I think that when I see her go into that place where it's a dark place, let's just call it that, it's very quick and very dramatic. And I don't remember feeling those. And I my mom's testimony is that they weren't quite as frequent. So we're all different. It's not a judgment upon it at all. But I think that the lovely thing for me to hear is is that at this tender age of eight she's able to experience gratitude in her own way in her own realm in her own space and whatever she's experiencing and I don't have to tell her well you know when you when you see that you know lady walking by with the dog in the umbrella aren't you grateful that she has shelter from the storm you know that sort of thing at all it, it's not I I don't subscribe to that I feel that would be grossly contrived and that's not what I'm talking about.
1: It's very funny because uh, actually uh, this is not on the point whatsoever. Okay. It has more to do with the lady with the umbrella that just walked okay. by. Um, but there is some, uh, an old dance teacher that lives...
0: In this neighborhood. In this neighborhood. Oh, okay. And walks
1: by my window quite frequently.
0: Actually. I mean, it's one of your old
1: dance teachers? I don't know if they ever taught me.
0: Oh, okay. Actually. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah what well, a small world.
1: So maybe they'll walk by and... You'll see that. Yeah, right. <laughs> you oh, um, dear. But I want to, I guess I want to, oh, there's so many things I want to talk about. Um, yeah, and I'm no expert. I'm just a human um, trying to observe and apply and experience these things all the same. Um, sort of two things come to mind one of which is um this word humility mm-hmm. which um is also sort of a lost word yes like gracious mm-hmm. or graciousness um that has i've recently had some big conversations about and is um something i'm sort of actively trying to hold as often as I can mm-hmm. It's a sense of humility mm-hmm. um so I'd like to talk about that but I also you know and once again I'm not a I'm not a, um an expert other than what I'm an expert in um so I'll talk <laughs> I'll show your humility experience. now <laughs> I've always thought that the ego only exists to either save your life or to have fun and that's it wow that would be that would be a lot simpler if that were the case. <laughs> you oh, know? Well, that's my case. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? I used my ego to have fun. Um, oh, dear. <laughs> humility, humility. Um, but you know, I, I keep thinking just because I'm really in and amongst um, a certain type of training right now, um, and there's a lot to do with. Um, presence and what the power of presence can do. And um, sort of a there's a fantastic model that I'd love to direct to you and all of our listeners toward, which is um, something that I'm not an expert in, but it's called polyvagal theory, which is just a uh, a model for the way the nervous system works, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and so there's, you know, a brief description, there's sort of a baseline, which is you're calm, you're safe, you're able to engage, you're in a Mm -hmm. social place, that's sort of baseline. Mm -hmm. Baseline is different Mm -hmm. for everyone. Absolutely, yeah. Um, And then, you know, various emotions, which are, you know, attached to our fight-flight response, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But then below baseline, there is a below baseline. Mm -hmm. Baseline is not just a singular plane that Mm -hmm. we can all sit at. Mm -hmm. You can actually go, you know, deeper, Mm -hmm. deeper down, uh, in terms of how connected you feel, mm-hmm. how present you feel. Um, and I think all of these things play a part in what deep strata you're at of mm-hmm. baseline, uh, below baseline. Um, yeah, it's amazing what, uh, what gratitude and humility will do in terms of where your attention is. Yes and what what, what your attention is landing on.
0: And what attention you get for experience. experience. Yeah, Yeah, I I totally agree. Humility is interesting. I used that word this morning in an an appointment with my osteopath. I don't use it very often, which is, (laughs) I guess, a whole set of irony that we could talk about there. But I was... And ironically, I was also talking about humor. Mm -hmm. And I was just saying how... I broke my toe two days ago, as I showed you when we began to talk, and it's really, you know, it's shelly. It's quite, a, it's quite a spectacular looking little uh, situation. And I was just saying, you know, these moments where, it, when my students, I, I was teaching when I broke it, and you know, hopped around for a second, saying
1: ow,
0: "ow, ow, ow, ow," and just, and then just kept teaching for the rest of the day. And a couple of students of a of a more concerned, compassionate, sensitive variety. Are you okay? Is everything okay? And I said, it's fine. It, it, it'll be okay. And then later on, just before the end of the day, I took off my sock and looked and saw, you know, the spectacular bruising beginning in the swelling. I thought, oh dear, yeah, she's broken. That's why it's so sore. And one of the students happened to see and come up and just say, well, why didn't you cry? I mean, why did you keep going? And was just, and was genuinely shocked and I just said, well, because there's no space for that. And she just said, you must, have, you must have an amazing pain threshold. And I said, well, that's not a really great descriptive word for a pain threshold because a pain th- threshold is what it is. You either have a very high one or a low one or somewhere in between. Putting amazing on it makes it a badge of honor that you can handle more pain physically, maybe emotionally as well. And that's not necessarily a great thing. I have the pain threshold I have, and I'm here to teach you. So sitting here hopping about and wanting you all to, you know, give me time out so that we can all discuss my toe is not serving any of you. And I was relating this to my osteopath and, and giggling. And I said, but let's face it, it hurt like a butter. And, <laughs> and by the time I got home that day and my entire foot was swelled up to look like a little bit of a, you know, it, it was, it was I'm attractive. Uh, well, that's not fair. I mean, some people might find that attractive, but I had no veins left and no tendons and it was just puffy on the top and the black and the blue and the purple and such. And I said, and you know, in those moments you just have to have utter humor and humility about it because let's face it, we all get hurt and we all, and this was 100% my own doing. I'm the one that kicked the steel rod coming out of the bar. And you know, if I don't laugh, move forward and I'm, I'm crying and that's not there's nothing wrong with crying but it didn't feel like crying I felt like saying oh for goodness are you killing are you killing me no I wasn't <laughs> it wasn't killing me well actually it was pain-wise but no I just thought are you kidding me it's because it's been one of those weeks where you you get to be a bit beleaguered by how much is going on in your personal life or maybe your your professional life as well and then to add that to the mix I I looked at it as a moment to think, well, isn't it interesting that on this particular day, in the state of mind that I was in, one could say my nervous system was in, one could say my emotional state was in, one could just say my whole being was in. I did this thing that brought all the attention down to one of my extremities, which allows me to perambulate and allows me to dance and allows me to move, which takes my mind off of things. And I look at that as kind of an interesting self-exploration. And I look at that also... I have to be humorous about it. Cause if I just get philosophical about it right away, it just irritates me because that's what we're... it's like speaking to one of those people that turn everything into a life lesson. You just want to boff them over a head with a rubber, rubber mallet and just say, stop it. <laughs> this doesn't need to be a life lesson. This is just a thing. But yes. So I used that word in the office today and then you brought it up now. I think that's quite
1: interesting. Yeah. I, the, you know, the person that brought it to my attention, um, we were speaking in a specific scope that was in relation to presence or mindfulness, yeah. and um, and perhaps pain. Yes, the body. yeah, yeah. Quite fitting. Yeah, <laughs> the, the example you yes. just gave us. Yes. Um, and they talked about how the the origin of the word comes from humiliation. Yes. And so it had a very, you know, maybe once had a very specific. Yes. Sort of cultural yes. meaning yes I agree right yeah. um and it, but it's different humility is not humility no it is
0: not um, not supposed to be
1: but it's quite interesting that if you know to explore it humility doesn't really have a clear definition it's a it's yeah. a sort of a feeling it is and, and and I I especially they were proposing that perhaps people feel it at different times and Holding on to the experiences in which we have experienced humility is sort of a part of. That's kind of the only way to describe it in a way. Right. Um, I mean, I'm sure if we looked it up in the dictionary right now, there would be a very clear description Mm -hmm. of what it is. Um, But when I think about the moments in which I've experienced humility, it's been a. It's very to use your term very dark and light very Mm -hmm. yang and yang just being able to feel or experience the i don't know maybe the the ask or the the pain or the sacrifice or something like this but also the gift yes the the abundance the other end Yeah. Yeah. yeah at the same time yeah um Yeah. And there's a levity in it as well and a depth at the same time.
0: Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, it's interesting about that because we sort of touched upon that off air, we were talking about it relating to a dance experience. And I think that sometimes I think that people that get into a specialized way of moving their bodies, whether it be athletics or dance, or some other somewhat related thing, I feel as though, we have such high expectations and such focused, sometimes extreme uh, obsessiveness about our training, that if for some reason an injury occurs or something lapses our specific schedule, we, we kind of float around in limbo losing ourselves when really that is an incredible moment of humility and gratitude because we wouldn't feel that if we didn't have this incredibly well-honed way of moving in which we poured as a catharsis, our daily sorrows, our daily celebrations, our daily. And I think, I think about that a lot as a, as a way of really channeling my gratitude because being 51 and still being able to move to the level where I do feel uh, afterwards, I am so grateful for, I, I think that I have really kept myself humble, which is also one of the lines of definition underneath humility. In that, as we age, we have to mm, embrace the fact that those catharsis, those sources of catharsis, the the actual feeling at the at the end result of that, they'll change. So. For instance, I did experience sorrow a couple of years ago where I could no longer jump the way I used to jump. Jumping was amazing for me. I always enjoyed it immensely. The feeling of power and pushing away the earth and hovering for a moment and soaring and and the freedom. And having such a strong knit, heavy body, it was pretty amazing to feel I never felt weightless. I felt like I was flying. I just felt like I was soaring. It felt like a really wonderful relationship with the air, actually. And not being able to do it to that level at all any longer, I had to go through this this humbling, this humility of accepting that, but I have had that experience and how glorious. And I'm so grateful for it. And I wouldn't know to miss it if I hadn't had it. And so now there are other experiences out there. And I think that that is... I think that's a true essence of humility: is knowing how to embrace in each life's challenge and each life's chapter a new, a new gratitude, a new um, acceptance of this is the now that I can appreciate, and it's not a, it's not a humiliation that it's not what it used to be. It's a, it's a humility in that. I can feel soft and gentle in my soul and humble about it. And my ego is still home because I'm still present, but I'm grateful for it. And I think that that, when you brought up that word, that's the first thing that comes to mind for me. And I think that um, it's hard to practice that on a regular basis. And I think that it's easy to get caught up in, what if this hadn't happened? Or what if we didn't have to experience aging like this? Or what if, I had done this earlier, or what if I had gone, you know, I mean, you know, the channels that the what ifs go is just forever. And I think that it's such a, a sad and empty way to live, because they'll never be answered. So why not make your own answers in the the ifs, not the ifs, the, the what's, <laughs> the, the things you did do, and the things you are doing. And I, I feel as though, as a dancer, and I will always call myself a dancer, even when I'm 90, and I, you know, I couldn't play to save my life, or who knows, maybe I'll be doing wrong or like no tomorrow. I will, I will always feel that dancer's soul and that dancer's uh, relationship. And I feel like a lot of people go through a lot when they, for whatever reason, their, their conduit of expression is taken away from them, either because of a physical calamity an injury maybe because of aging maybe because they've had a a decision to make to go in an entirely different direction and they for whatever reason because it is a decision completely give up that physical expression I think that it's a and of course injury is a whole other thing as well I think it's a very interesting thing to examine and that would be a whole other podcast in the examination of who we are it do we have to be affiliated with a name a title uh you know i am a i i once was i can't tell you how many people say i'm an ex dancer i just i always feel like why do we have to be ex something you know why do you have to negate something to be what you are now and i i think wow that was a nice statement i like that um sorry i'm not being at all humble right now <laughs> I'm writing that one down, but I feel as though there is there's something to be embraced in every single stage that we're in. I myself spend many a minute during the day, and I and I say minute not lightly because I'm not gonna. I, I don't no. I'm not gonna say it that way. I don't spend hours. I don't spend reflective yoga or meditation reflecting upon those sort of things. But many many different minutes during the day, I just feel this wonderful breath go through my body and I feel grateful for all that is in my life all who are in my life all of what is in my life and all that my life has been including the dark stuff because I couldn't experience what I'm feeling now if I hadn't gone through that and it is a it's a very interesting conundrum and having studied so much psychology I have to say that it has a psychology in itself has a bit of a philosophical perspective so that it can be argued for sure and there would always be a different perspective that I would listen to but that's fine. and I think that I think that it is for me a good way to continue on in life and experience the aging process and the mothering process with all of its imperfections holy smokes you know they there's so many books written, both of a humorous bent and a and a more, I guess, uh, pedagogical bent about mothering and fathering and parenting in general, and how you will make so many mistakes and you will be so imperfect, and you know you you need to just let that happen and then move forward, not you know not dwell because then you've just perpetuated a longer time in that time period, and I I must admit in my cocky Youthful parenting, I thought to myself, I won't make that many mistakes of that variety because I'll be so aware. No, I've made other glorious mistakes that I wasn't aware I was making until it was too late. So, to all of us, all of us humans, I genuinely say it's okay. We're going to make mistakes left and right. We are going to be humbled left and right. We are going to not feel an ounce of gratitude at moments in our life. We're going to feel angry. We're going to feel frustrated. We're going to feel trapped. We're going to feel uh, at a loss. We're going to feel lost. All of these things are just part of the human experience, in my personal opinion. And the the journey through that is making it all part of this giant, delicious quilt that you then wrap around your body to walk forward into the wind. I think I'll write that one down too.
1: (laughs) You are smiling at me. (laughs) I just like the delicious part because then uh, a delicious quilt. And then I just saw someone going,
0: eating my quilt. No, I think delicious. It's funny. I rarely use it for food. I realize Mm -hmm. that I am not, I'm just not that much of a foodie. I will say sometimes thank you for the delicious meal, but I'm not really a delicious person. Although well, that sounds funny. I'm not really someone to say delicious in relation to food.
1: Hold on, check your reads there.
0: <laughs> I'm totally delicious. Uh, no, I usually say it in relation to experiences. Or or something that is part of an experience.
1: Funny, eh? Mm-hmm.
0: That's another podcast. That's another podcast. Yeah, we'll call it delicious.
1: Or whatever. You're the boss here. So whatever you think. Sounds oh, good.
0: I'm the boss. I will not feel humility about that word. Woo-hoo
1: the boss but you need me oh dear Alyssa <Liz>, I do <laughs> it feels nice to be needed it, and you
0: are needed and you are so appreciated it's been absolutely lovely having these conversations again and I look forward to more in the future when time allows me too and thank you for coming to Story Space thank you for having me okay lovely